Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. It's Wednesday. It's our KQED food team collaboration, All You Can Eat, and we are talking hot sauce and chili crisp and salsa and all those other things we make out of those fruits, the peppers. Across culture, some people just need that heat. They bring their own chili salt. They order a special salsa matcha. They become devotees of particular dishes or they grow their own varieties of peppers. They got hot sauce in their bags. So join us. We'll have Luke Sai and a bunch of people from the Bay Area's different food cultures who just cannot resist the tingle, sweat, and pain of hot foods. That's all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is our bi-weekly collaboration with the KQED food team, All You Can Eat, with KQED food editor Luke Sai. And of course, he joins me this morning. Welcome, Luke. Thanks so much, Alexis. So we're going to start off the show with a little science. But first, I have to ask you, are you yourself a heat seeker, like a lover of that particular kind of pleasure and pain? <laughs> I I definitely did not grow up necessarily that way. You know, um, you know, my family is, you know, hails from China and Taiwan. Um, my dad is a notorious um heat seeker. Um, mm. he would just eat whole chilies just for fun. <laughs> just just my to grandma show, was like that, yeah. Just to show off. And so um I think when I was a kid, I kind of saw it as as this sort of like thing that was a little bit dangerous, a little bit, a little bit uh, grown up. Um, mm. But I think as as I've gotten older, I definitely have um, warmed um, to spicy food. Um, and and now I would say, um, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later. But but I was looking in my pantry and in my fridge, and I probably have like twenty different bottles <laughs> of, of all different hot sauces. Um, so yeah, I think I mean hot sauce is delicious. And I think it's just one of those things that um, adds this other dimension to other foods. You know, like mm-hmm. if something is just purely sweet or purely sour or purely salty, it can be uh, very cloying or just very monotonous. And if it has that sort of tingle of heat, it just adds this other dimension that allows you to just keep on enjoying it. Absolutely. So. Here's the science and here's the setup. Last year, we did a show with a Nobel Prize winner at UCSF here in town, David Julius, and he won his share of the Nobel Prize for figuring out what particular molecules were responsible for us being able to sense spiciness. And here's the wild thing. 
It's the same receptor that would let you perceive literal burning hot tea in your mouth. Though, interestingly, wasabi actually uses a different receptor, the one that would tell you if there was something too cold in your mouth. So, anyway, ask David Julius, give me the precise chain of events in your body from, like, the second you bite into a habanero until your brain goes like, ah, ah, ah. And here's what he told us. So the pepper uh, has a, uh, a pungent ingredient in it has a few, but the main one is something called capsaicin, which I think we're all familiar with. And um, that's the thing that, that gives peppers their zing. And, and the hotness of a pepper is really based on, you know, exactly how much uh, capsaicin there is in it, what the concentration is. So when you chomp on a hot pepper or more fatally make the mistake of chopping a hot pepper and sticking your finger in your eye, <laughs> uh, that capsaicin uh, comes in contact with sensory neurofibers, you know, in your mouth or your eye. Uh, and then it interacts with this uh, with this receptor, uh, much like piezo. It's an ion channel, which means that when it's activated, it sort of opens up like a donut in the membrane of the cell and allows ions like sodium and calcium ions to flow in. And this act this this initiates an electrical current, uh, which is really the uh, the mode of communication for neurons. Of course, they communicate through electrical and then chemical processes. So. So when you eat the chili pepper, the capsaicin interacts with this molecule, which we call trip V1, and, um, and uh, upon binding to it, and then it opens up this little donut in the membrane, electrical current happens, that sends a signal to neurons to which that, that nerve fiber is connected in the spinal cord, and then through a whole series of connections that eventually reaches your brain, where you interpret it as something painful. I find that. So amazing that we've been able to get this far and kind of the study of this particular sensation. But what it doesn't tell us is why, you know, my grandma and your dad love that sensation or how it varies among us. Or most importantly, which is the very best bringer of the heat? And here to help us do that, we've got our first hot sauce specialist. Tim Harrod is the co-owner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce. Welcome, Tim. Thank you very much. As I understand it, you sell wood goods and hot sauce, yeah? That's correct. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Uh, right there on the tin. Um, so what got you interested in hot sauces? Like, of all the elements of food, like, why this specifically? So really, uh, just growing up in the Bay Area, we're just, uh, you know, it's such a melting pot of all different cultures. And uh, really, it was it was growing up uh, eating a lot of Latin and Mexican food that, that started it off for me, uh, just... The, the jalapenos and the vegetables that you get along with your tacos. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I have a lot of Asian friends, so you know Thai chilies and uh, just all the different spices just intrigued me from a from a young age. Yeah, Luke. I mean, uh, you know, Tim's mentioning a couple of these um, different cultural reference around hot sauces. I mean, it feels like we may have the like highest density of different hot condiments, uh, you know, per square mile, like anywhere in the world, you know? Of course. I mean, I think if we're talking about hot sauces, that definitely just reflects more broadly this diverse global food scene that we have, you know? So w whether you're talking about um, the Chinese chili oils or chili mm. crisp that come standard or order when you go to any dumpling house or noodle shop, um, whether you're talking about like the sort of earthy tongue scorching sambals um, that come from Southeast Asia, um, the fresh salsa bar, you know, at your mm -hmm. favorite taqueria, um, or now that, um, you know, Nash Nashville hot chicken 
<laughs> is, is <laughs> right, a thing. Right. Um, you've got all the variations of that style of sauce that's basically just cayenne pepper, you know, tossed into hot oil. Um, you've got Afro-Caribbean hot sauces. You've got Afghan cilantro-based chutneys. Um, I could go on and on and on, but I think um, it, it, <laughs> that was pretty good, Luke. Actually, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we we are really lucky here. Yeah, um, Tim. I mean, I understand you sell a, a bunch of hot sauces, but you also make your own. Um, so t- walk me through a little bit of that process, because at least as I understand it, I have some friends at In a Jam, and they make this cayenne um, salt, or they have in the past, but they've actually stopped because it's the production of it is actually like kind of dangerous and irritating to a lot of the people who work for them. Totally. Yeah. It's uh, it's basically like you're, you're pepper spraying yourself right, while, yeah. while, <laughs> while you're making the sauce. So, uh, uh, yeah, you, you need a lot of ventilation and, uh, wearing gloves definitely helps because the capsaicin gets everywhere, uh, yeah. lit- literally everywhere. And, uh, yeah. So, um, I, I, I just start going for it. Hopefully, uh, what do you? Yeah, like what peppers do you use though? So I your... use red Fresno uh, chilies, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I started off using jalapenos, but uh, I, I just kind of landed on the red Fresno because the sweetness and the spiciness—it's—it's uh, it's just a great flavor. Yeah, and how? What else do you add in there? I mean, it's obviously you know hot sauces can reflect this incredible diversity of ingredients outside of the like you know hot thing at the center of it totally so i i balance the the spiciness of the chili with carrot uh shallot and garlic so the carrot adds a little bit of sweetness rounds out the spiciness and then the shallot and the garlic add the savory notes and um and then salt vinegar and water of course uh and then yeah it's it's just about finding the right proportions and I've I've been making my sauce for about fifteen years now, so I Oh my god. And do you batch it? Like you go like all yeah. right, we'll do this once. I, I'm only gonna pepper spray myself once a quarter. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Is that what you do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do small batches, small being uh five to ten gallon batches and uh it's just nice because then you have the control over ingredients and um just how much you need at at the time, really. Yeah. So as I understand it, you also do hot sauce tastings at your shop, Wood Goods and, and Hot Sauce, and you kind of act somewhat like a hot sauce like sommelier, right? Like you help people find the one that might be for them. So what are the questions people can kind of, what, what do you ask people to kind of draw that out of them, what might be best for them? So really in the in the beginning, I ask what uh, somebody's heat tolerance is, and then, uh, and then I ask if they like vinegar or not. Um, and then really we go from there. We have about 60 different sauces and I tried to uh, try to have different flavors so we've we've curated our collection pretty pretty extensively and uh, yeah we it's it's really fun because somebody comes in to our shop there some of them are surprised with how many hot sauces that we have and then I offer them tastings and it's it's just a great way to connect to somebody and uh, and watch them go through a little bit of pain. <laughs> <laughs> You're like your own personal hot ones. For those who don't know, it's a very popular like YouTube uh, series of Sky interviews celebrities eating hot wings. Exactly. Um, we're talking hot sauces from Salsa to Sambal as part of our ongoing Bay Area food culture uh, segment here, All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, KQED food editor. Joined this morning first by Tim Harrod, co-owner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce. We want to hear from you. What's your favorite 
local hot sauce. And give us a call, 866-733-6786. Maybe you get it in the restaurant. Maybe someone has started bottling it, so you can get it there. 866-733-6786. Forum at kqed.org is the email. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or KQED Forum. Luke, you mentioned you have like uh, 20 different hot things um, in your in your pantry slash refrigerator. What would your like kind of first couple be? The, the first first off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of my all time favorites is Marie Sharps, which, um, you know, pride and joy of Belize. <laughs> Some of you mm-hmm. may know um, it's this carrot based habanero um, hot sauce that's just so well balanced and just like all purpose goes well with anything like mm. amazing with any kind of eggs. Um, delicious with rice. Um, if if I want like an all-purpose Mexican hot sauce, like I'm always reaching for the Valentina, <laughs> you know, nine mm-hmm. times out of mm-hmm. ten. Um, I don't love a runny hot sauce, so I love how it has like a little bit of a thicker consistency. Um, and then, I, of course, I always have some kind of chili crisp. Um, there's always the classic Lao Gan Ma, you know, with the, the lady with the apron on the logo. Um, and then also, like, usually some newer artisanal brand that I'm into at the moment. Like, right now, I'm looking in front of me, and I've got Homaya's Malaysian Crispy Sambal, which is uh, has uh, dried shrimp in it for extra umami. Um, and it's just fantastic. Uh. We are talking hot sauces this morning with Luke Sai, KQED food editor, and Tim Herod, co-owner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce. This is all you can eat, of course. We're going to be joined by an all-star lineup of hot sauce makers uh, from the Bay Area right after the break. And we do want to hear from you, too. What's your favorite local hot sauce or Maybe do you make your own? I'd love to hear people's stories of how they (laughs) protect themselves as they, you know, make their scotch bonnet pepper sauce or whatever. Give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. Noel tweets that her favorite is La Victoria orange sauce from San Jose. It's more like mayo hot sauce. We'll be back with more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking hot sauces this morning. It's part of our ongoing segment, All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, who, of course, is the food editor here at KQED, joins us this morning. Also joined by Tim Herrod, co-owner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce. Want to add our first chef into the mix, Sarah Kernan, chef, former owner of Miss Ollie's. And they also do this incredible set of pop-ups uh, in the area that are 
supposedly, I haven't been yet, Sarah, I'm sorry, but supposedly they're one of the best things you can do in the whole Bay Area food scene. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So what is your particular spin on hot sauce? It's a famous pepper sauce, right? Yes. Um, hails from Barbados, where my people are from. Um, it's it's very simple. It's, you know, it's peppers, vinegar, carrots, fresh turmeric, salt, and a drop of a drop of oil. Mm. If it's that simple, how do you make sure that it's just right? Is it about ratios? Is it about quality of ingredients? What's it about? Um, you know, I, I always bring in the ancestors when I'm making traditional stuff. Mm -hmm. I think they, they guide me. Um, but yeah, we keep it or I keep it. Um, it's, it's an eye thing. I don't really measure. I can't say it's a cup of that. You know, it's, um, I, I get my peppers. Um, sometimes I bring them back from the Caribbean if I can. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a feel, I think. Like like any any good thing, <laughs> yeah. Is it difficult to find all the ingredients that you need here? Um, you know, it's become more difficult as we've like lost, you know, some of our Caribbean markets that used to be in the bay. Mm -hmm. uh, so I find myself having to order stuff online. Um, I use coconut vinegar in my pepper sauce, mm. and so I have to bring that out from from Miami now. Um, but I can sometimes find it, but I, the one I like, um, is from Jamaica and I get it from, uh, I get it from Miami. Coconut vinegar. Um, you know, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about is there's kind of a round hot sauce. Sometimes I oh. feel put off a little bit by what feels a little bit like a gendered or kind of macho culture around it. Like who can eat the hottest thing? You know, it's your proof of a, put some hair on your chest. People sometimes even say, you know, and right. I kind of, I kind of wonder, and I just, how do you, how do you think about that? Like, has anyone ever said like, this isn't hot enough? You know, I need whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've worked in restaurants. I remember years ago working in a spot where this person was like, I need something hotter. And at the point I was just telling the server, I told the server, like, just tell them that we're just not that place. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's like, are you here for the food or do you, are you, or, but if you, if you have another fetish in life, you might want to go somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we, we don't provide that service here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for you, yeah. what, what is uh, your favorite hot sauce aside from your own? <sighs> I mean, I do like, I'm going to say this. I love crystal. I do. Mm. I think there's something so salty and vinegary and it's just, there's, there's no other hot sauce like it. Do you know what I mean? I, I and do. I, I love it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, and I love Tabasco. I love the green Tabasco. I like very simple vinegary pepper sauces or hot sauces as you call them here. Um, but I do the, the my old uh, alma mater, the front porch makes a really good pepper sauce, um, a red a red pepper sauce, which is I, I had a little bit last night, which is divine. Um, and then Steve over at Judo Boo makes a good like garlic chili kind of mm -hmm. oil, which is which is really really good. I, I I have several of those containers in my fridge right oh, now. Oh yeah, same. same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, so, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, and I do, I do like my own pepper sauce. But whenever I do go home, it's a thing that you know you will go to someone's house and they'll give you a bottle of pepper sauce. So I have some good uh, Bayesian local hot sauces as well. Oh, that's beautiful, Sarah Kernan. Thank you so much for joining us. Are you gonna Are you gonna keep doing the pop ups or are you done? 
I actually have one this Sunday at uh, Judo Boo at Steve's spot. From, oh, wow. Uh, oh, that's cool. 12 till 4. And there will be the last batch of my home, my, my uncle's peppers from Barbados and um, pepper sauce this weekend. So, oh, my God. If you're available to come by, stop and, uh, and I'll give you a little jar. And do they just search Sarah Kernan, K I R N O N, and that'll, they'll find their way to you? Okay. Yes, they will. Okay. Beautiful. Thanks for All having right, me. Sarah, hey, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you, Luke. Bye-bye. Um, let's bring in our first uh, caller. Let's go to uh, uh, Britain in San Rafael. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. I have two local hot sauces that we love at home. First, Soul Food in San Rafael. Um, the Puerto Rican restaurant has the best homemade vinegar-based hot sauce that you could bathe in if it didn't mm. hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, don't do that at home. Don't bathe in the hot sauce. <laughs> but with the plantain chips and their steak sandwiches, like it is so good. Um, and then something that we always pick up from the Sunday market here in Marin is Lucky Dog hot sauce. And he makes all of his own hot sauces. He has like tw- uh, probably 12 or 13 different hot sauces of all like mild, medium. And it just makes like a really great local gift for our friends. And I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to hot sauces. And this one like is delicious for me and my husband who can eat the hottest of the hot sauces. So those are our two favorite locals. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. That is a great, um, great recommendations. Um, Let's bring in uh, another chef. Uh, Victor Escobedo is the owner of Papalote and a self-appointed culinary sociologist. <laughs> Welcome, Victor. <laughs> How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, you have a very famous uh, salsa. I mean, it is like, you know, people can find it now in supermarkets, like that version of it. But you've been making it um, there in the mission for, for a long time. And people always try and, like, deconstruct it, right? Um, yeah. What What is it about this hot sauce that makes it, or this salsa, really, that makes it different from, you know, the other things people may have tried if they haven't tried yours? Well, it's basically why we made the salsa, right? Um, we started out with uh, Celia's Restaurants. That's where we learned how to cook and how to run restaurants. And um, it's one salsa that represents the house. And so Papalote Salsa represents who we are. Uh, Papalote Salsa is more, Papalote Mexican Grill is more of a grill than a taqueria. So until people get that, which is not, you know, something that I'm trying to be fancy or anything, but I don't have <laughs> lengua or uh, tripas or whatever. I just have grilled steak, grilled chicken, and some other, you know, some veggie stuff. Anyway, uh, we created the salsa to um, enhance and complement the food, right? So mm. I'm a drummer more than a chef. And I think of food like uh, like playing the drums mm. and the heat is like the hi-hat, right? It's the high end. So mm. you want to have that you know, sizzle, that spice, you know, the, the high end that kind of wakes the a certain part of your mouth up to, so you can get a, a full um, spectrum of, of flavor. Like mm. the carne asada is more of a low uh, earthy mm-hmm. flavor and then the salsa the tomatoes are like the, the, the i mean the, the salsa fresca or even the rice and beans that's more of a mid-range and the salsa is what really gives it the high end so mm-hmm. i think that heat in food adds that dimension you know it's it's that um the highest the the whites the the light in a in a picture if you will mm-hmm. uh the white space or you know i'm very visual and and you know uh like i said i love music so i think of 
of food as music and and the the heat is the the high end that's beautiful i love thinking of it like that yeah. um how have you had to you know you, because it this is also so legendary and became so popular you did start um making it at sort of more commercial scale for sale in in supermarkets and stuff is that different? I mean, one thing I've noticed is sometimes when I get it from the market, it is hot. It is like hotter than what I remember, at least from uh, from the grill itself uh, on 24. So um, what are the differences in, in trying to make that jump from sort of something you're making in the house that represents that particular restaurant, that particular thing, and like, okay, it's going to be on a shelf in a shelf-stable shelf jar? Well, it's funny, you know, because you you create a restaurant, you create a concept that, you know, whatever your passion or your drive was, your your uh, ancestors, as uh, Sarah said so beautifully, you know, you're you're channeling your your ancestors and they're guiding you. Um, so you you have uh, um, you have something that gets you to open a restaurant. Then you have all the the salsa, for instance, and the salsa is what people liked about Papalote. It could have been something else, but it's so unique that people liked it. Then. For some reason, uh, Food Network picked us to challenge Bobby Flay. He had a show <laughs> called The Throwdown, and we beat him. And he says, you know, the salsa is a secret weapon. So I'm like, you know what? This is overkill for two little restaurants in the Mission. This is national, so I'm going to try and put it in, in stores, right? So I didn't know anything about it. The one thing I would recommend to anybody who's making a salsa right now or a sauce uh, and wants to go commercial you have to uh, industrialize your recipe. You have to put it in, in the metric system so that your hmm. co-packers or the kitchens you're going to hire to make your food, they can scale up your uh, your recipe. So, you know, kilos and, and grams and stuff like that. How you know? big are the batches for the stuff now? Batches? We don't need no stinking batches. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> they're actually... Uh, pretty massive they have these cauldrons that are like heated with us uh, with steam and and um you know we make tens of thousands of, of jars a month at oh our co-packer in, wow. in in um in sonoma but again it's not a problem because we have uh industrialized our, mm -hmm. our recipe so anyway as you're making you know i'm talking to whoever wants to go into and make take that step you have to realize that um when you're scaling up there's no way you're going to be able to replicate the flavor because we still make it um at at um at the restaurant fresh every day and it's not a cost-effective salt so it takes us about three hours to, to make it because we roast the tomatoes and then we do all these magical things with the rest of the ingredients um but when you do go to a co-packer or someone you hire to make your salsa right or a kitchen or even if you start to you know you build your own factory um you're never going to replicate it but mm -hmm. you can accept the sooner you accept that there's going to be two versions of the salsa the the housemaid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then also something that was inspired by it and say, like, you know what? Based on this creation that I made first, I've created a second thing that's yeah. also really good, you know, and you have to let go. And I can see why people go like owner's reserve, like when I'm a millionaire someday <laughs> and, and you know, please go buy salsa people because I'm trying to buy <laughs> Uh, no, but, you know, then maybe I could invest in like, no, I want it to be perfectly exactly what we make at the restaurant. And that's going to take a lot of R&D, you know, so yeah. that's what it is. I mean, you, you, your customers like it. Now you put it out there and see if strangers will like it as they're shopping on the shelf, you know, and, and it's just nerve wracking. You that's, know, I'm so yeah. grateful that people buy it. Oh, man. Victor, it is, uh, it's it's great salsa. Both of them, the original and the one that's the inspired by. Um, yeah, thank, so yeah, thanks so much for, for joining us this morning. So appreciate thank it. Thank you.
Bye-bye. Love that description of the of the salsa. Um, Luke, we've got a few uh, comments coming in. I thought I'd, I'd throw, throw a couple at you here. Um, Sabrina tweets, I make hot sauce with garlic, Thai chilies, fish sauce, and lime juice. I got the recipe from my aunt. Definitely recommended that hot sauce lovers trying it. It's super easy to make at home. Just throw the ingredients into a blender. It, that sounds delicious. I mean, I that mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's you're speaking my language there with the fish sauce. I mean, anything that's funky as well as spicy and just um, I mean, you could just just by looking at the ingredients, you can sort of imagine all the different dimensions of flavor that that's going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Here's the, here's another one. Um, Hillary writes. I love the freshly made green sauce at Arismendi and Cheese Board. I think it's oil-based rather than vinegar-based, which works better for me. Started as a free condiment they provided with the daily pizza, but now it's in containers for sale. And I use it for a lot of things. Most recently, I add it to my pressure cooker to flavor rice as it cooks. I add it to anything that seems to need a zing. That stuff is pretty amazing. Have you had the green sauce from there? I have. I was just at um, the cheese board the the other day. Uh, I think it was the first time I had gone since the the pandemic, and the line was so long. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it was always long, but this was like three times as long as I'd ever remembered it being. And of course, almost every single customer that walked out had a big tub of that green sauce. I mean, yeah. it's just. I think dipping pizza into things is is a little bit underrated. <laughs> um, and of course, you can use it for a lot of other stuff as well. Yeah, totally. Let's um, let's bring in uh, Rob in San Francisco. Welcome, Rob. Hey, thank you. And um, geez, I'm going to check out uh, Wood Goods and Hot Sauce because I live in San Francisco and have a shop in the Richmond District. And that's right in my backyard. So yeah. I'm definitely coming in to see what you guys have. Um, first of all, uh, my favorites are, oh, God, I had it written down here. One of them is uh, Pico Pica. Um, has a good, just kind of that brown chili taste and mm-hmm. a good amount of heat. Another one is, you know, the classic Hoi Fong Sriracha um, mm-hmm. and classic regular old Tabasco sauce. Um, but I like to make my own green sauce with, uh, it's like a pound of tomatillos, a half a pound of serranos. Two teaspoons of uh, kosher salt, and I think it's two or three cloves of garlic, and that's it. You just cook it till it blisters and throw it in the blender, and it's the best green sauce. Very simple to make. Uh, that is really I've good. It. It's like taqueria ta- uh, green sauce. But anyway, my question is, I know that hot sauce has a lot of health benefits, um, and I'm completely addicted to it since I had a roommate in college that was from San Diego. Um, <laughs> but is there, a, is there too much of a good thing? Can you... Mm. Um, like increase your chances of having some kind of um, immune, like an ulcer or something. Immune. Yeah. Well, not not an ulcer, but just you know, too much of a good thing. My wife became allergic to tomatoes later in her life because of the nightshades, and I don't really have any problems. But I'm just wondering mm. if uh, you can have an autoimmune thing if you eat chilies all the time, because I seem to find myself putting. Huh. Uh, either fresh chilies or yeah. hot sauce on everything I eat. Um, oh, and I got one more recon- recommendation before I forget. It's called, uh, man, where is it? Ancho Verde uh, Chili Poblano Liqueur. I found it out of Total <laughs> Wine, and it blew my mind. It's wow. spicy. It tastes just like 
fresh roasted poblano chilies, but it's a liqueur and it's eighty proof. Oh wow! Got to check it oh, out. Oh man, for, uh, margaritas. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you, Rob. That's that's an interesting yeah. suggestion. <laughs> Super interesting. I um I don't think we can answer the question about you know is there too much of a good thing on an actual like medical doctor level, but maybe Tim Herod, co-owner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce, maybe you can answer it on sort of like a. You know, people might come in and and overdo it with hot sauce at your store. Is that does that happen? That happens almost every time we do a tasting. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really hard not to push the limit when when you have all these sauces in front of you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Like, how do you tell? You know, do do you have advice for people on like, I don't know, eat some bread? I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I mean, I I always tell people to to start at the the mildest and then work their way up to the spiciest because by the time you're at the high end of it, your taste buds are pretty much on fire and uh there's there's not really much you can do at that point. We uh we offer little bottles of water, but other than that, um people know what they're getting into at our shop and uh yeah, like I said before, it's it's just super fun being on that voyage with people. Yeah. One thing I love, uh, Luke, about the show today is lots of people who make their own versions of these are writing in. Um, for example, Jesus writes, I love hot sauce and peppers. My brothers and I would crawl up the table and eat peppers out of the can when we were still rugrats. I grow my own tomatoes, chili de bowl, bell peppers, habaneros, etc. to make my own salsas too and have sold them in the past, but I find it difficult to expand to a larger market beyond friends and family. Have you been the recipient, Luke, of a homemade uh, salsa anytime recently or homemade uh, hot sauce? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Not not recently, um, but uh, I am often um, getting different hot sauces um, from from local chefs, you know, Ah, who, um, you know, uh, like either they'll 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 give me a bottle um, or I'll just pick it up and buy it at their shop. Um, so I, you know, I do love that. I, I do love the very homemade, um, like sort of analog <laughs> quality yeah. of that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, we're talking hot sauces. This is all you can eat with Luke Sai, our biweekly collab with the KQED food team, joined by Tim Harrod, co-owner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce. Earlier, we were joined by Sarah Kernan chef and former owner of Miss Ollie. She's got a pop-up coming. They've got a pop-up coming on Sunday. Victor Escobedo, owner of Papalote and self-appointed culinary sociologist, is also on the show. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are doing All You Can Eat with Luke Side this morning, and today we're talking about hot sauce with Luke and Tim Harrod Coner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce. I want to bring in Trevor, who's mentioning a uh, San Jose phenomenon. Welcome, Trevor. Hey, how's it going there, Alexis? Hey, good, good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, got to give San Jose some love here. Uh, love Vic's orange sauce. It's kind of an institution down here on that. Um, many times tried, tried to duplicate it, can't, cre- can't recreate it. Tell it, for people so who don't know about the orange sauce, like what, what's it like? <sighs> Spicy, creamy, a little bit. Uh, hits you on the back, at the back end mm-hmm. on that is how I would describe it. Goes great on everything on that, which, which brings me to the next point. My wife and I, would like to use hot sauces from different regions, so mm-hmm. African hot sauce on Mexican food, South American hot sauces on African food, mm-hmm. things like that. Just kind of mix it up, fusion, <laughs> I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Another one we like is uh, Trader Joe's makes a, or, another orange sauce called Peri Peri, and we like that one a bit. And uh, yeah. yeah, my wife and I grow ricotto peppers, and at, at the end of the season, throw it all in a blender and let it go. Sorry, I'm a little really. What do you add? What do you add in there? Is it just the ricotto peppers, or I'm googling them right now? I've never heard of this. Uh, yeah, they got black seeds. Don't be afraid of black seeds. On that, they're I don't know how they're growing in my backyard. They're supposedly from Peru, I think, but mm-hmm. we, we got them great. Uh, large variety of peppers. Let it brine for about a week to ferment, and then blend it up. Orange, uh, some oranges. I'm sorry, not oranges. Carrots. Orange mm-hmm. carrots in there just for the sweetness. And then just start spreading that on things. Oh, I love it. Oh, man, I love how many people make their own stuff out of this. All right, uh, Trevor, thanks so much for, uh, for those recommendations. You know, Zach, another listener, uh, writes and say, orange sauce in San Jose is a huge thing. Each restaurant has their own version. Iguanos, uh, iguanas and Anglo's Mexican Grill are my preference. Um, Tim or Luke, have you had this orange sauce of, of San Jose? I have not personally. I've heard a lot about it, but I am going to make a special trip down south <laughs> in, in the next week or two. You got to bring for you know to trade with the the locals of San Jose. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's it is. I, I have had it. Um, it is definitely a Bay Area classic, um, and I love the creaminess of it. Yeah, people. Uh, you know, Noel earlier had described it as like a mayonnaise hot sauce. Is that kind of how you would? Yeah, I, I I suppose you could describe it that way. I mean, I, th- I think that's that that's getting at the creaminess of it, which I think just makes it a great topping for yeah. different things. You know, because it's it's like I said, like if if you have a hot sauce that's like watery, it's a little hard to spread it on things, and it kind of just gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it has a little bit more of a thicker consistency, then it 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 just like stays on wh- wh- where you want it to stay. Yeah, cool. Um, let's bring in our final chef of the hour. Uh, Azalina Yusuf is the owner of Azalina's. Welcome to the show. Hi, Alexis. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me in. Yeah, so can you tell us about your uh, sambal? This is like a, a signature signature food. Yeah, so I am from Malaysia, and uh, the the summer that we make here, it's mostly uh, of what 
my family will eat them on a daily basis. So I have Indian ancestry. I mm-hmm. we call Mama back home in Malaysia. So a lot of our food has Indian influence in them. So my sambal is reflections of that. So mm-hmm. our sambal is deep, bold, and quite pasty and thick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's um, that's what we serve them here, and that's what we eat them on a daily basis back home. It's actually also like the mother of all the sambal. This hundreds of different sambals in Malaysia and this is like the mother of it and then you can take this sambal and recreate many different versions of it or add them to your curries and stews and sauces or even uh, desserts because of the flavor profile complexity of it. For those who haven't had it, like what are the sort of key ingredients in this sort of the ur uh, sambal that you're talking about here? <laughs> So uh, I make my sambal here in San Francisco. So there's few different chilies that's not widely available, like as we will get them back home in Malaysia. So what I did, um, I love Mexican food and all Latin food. So we have add some Latin influence to our sambal to kind of bring that bold and deepness into our sambal. So. Not only we have different red chilies and um, fresnos and fresh, we add guajillo, puya, and morena to our sambas to kind of give that elevations of that boldness and complexity. Mm. So that's what we, you get them in every single jar of our sambas. You know, there's nothing in, in our sambal. There's basically seven different chilies that goes through three days of process, like from roasting, and then we pulverize them until they get into that smooth consistency that we want. And we pack them and uh, they sit in the grocery stores to be taken home. Yeah. Do something magical uh, in your kitchen. Luke, um, you are a big fan of of Azalina's sample, yeah. I am. And, and and I think one thing I would say, too, is that if you're not sure about your um, spice tolerance, um, you know, just just a little bit goes a long <laughs> way. Um, you know, like I think like eating a whole spoonful of it. Luke's got be- the caution tape out here. <laughs> <Azalina>. <laughs> um, no, because because just like Azalina is saying, it's it's basically just pure chili right there's there's nothing there's nothing in it that's watering it down at all um but it's got just such a wonderful like earthiness and fruity quality um that um like if you just add a little bit of it like if you're cooking noodles um or or to whatever it is that you're eating it's it's just it is one it's not just spicy it has a great flavor to it um so yeah i would i would definitely recommend it um Azalina, when did you realize that you could kind of make the jump from making it in a restaurant to actually having like a packaged good? Mm, this is actually, it's a very fun story. Not many people know about it, but um, back in 2018, I got an email from Luke Sai. <laughs> 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 he basically just wrote me an email saying, hey, I'm writing about, you know, all these different things and I want to, can you add something about your sambal? And I was like, oh, sure, okay. So I just told him, you know, and this is all in writing, like what's the sambal about, what's inside it. And um, two weeks after that, uh, I got another email from him and then he said, hey, guess what? You're the winner of the best 
sambal in the Bay Area. And I was like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> and then somebody from, uh, I think from SF Magazine, wrote to me like, oh, by the way, your content was Miss, um, Brandon Jew from Mr. Jew. And I, I was like, whoa, okay. Hey, that's something. I mean, that's like a boost of confidence. I was, this is between my humble sambal and Brandon Juice's sambal, which is a Michelin star restaurant. So that definitely gave me a, a boost of confidence that we can jar this and uh, introduce it to mass consumers. And then and, and it, it just had taken off since then. I mean, it took off more uh, during the pandemic. Um, ah. So thank you so much, Luxai. I'm doing this in a public platform to thank you officially. Oh, that's awesome! What a great story. I love you know Luke doing the doing the people's work, bringing the sound ball out. Um, Azalina Yusuf, owner of Azalia uh, Azalina's, and clearly maker of uh, the best sound ball in the Bay Area. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Luke, that's pretty fun. That's I feel like that's got to be one of the best parts of your of your job is kind of connecting with a lot of these small restaurateurs and food makers in that way. It it is, yeah, and I and I think um, you know I feel like that's the sort of service that you're trying to provide is to find really interesting, delicious things, and also things like you know listening to. Our, our different guests uh, talk today, whether it's Azalina or Victor or Sarah, you know, things that are not only delicious, but just have this like deep um, cultural history to them and just are like deeply connected to people's family roots and, and countries of origin. Um, and so I just I love learning about that stuff. And then and then also getting to taste it and, and sort of see how that translates on the plate. Yeah. Um, before we get um, right back to uh, to a bunch of calls, we're going to do a little speed run here. Um, Tim Harrod, a listener wants to know, do you know where to find aji verde, the Peruvian green sauce in the Bay Area? Oh, wow. I wish I I wish I wish did. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I do not. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Luke, any ideas? Uh, I mean... I, I have had it at Peruvian restaurants, but I I don't know that any of them like bottle it and sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll keep our eyes out though, listener. We're sorry. Um, let's bring in uh, Kevin in Saratoga, who'd like to mention uh, a category of hot sauce we've thus far neglected. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Welcome. Hi. Thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to give a plug for uh, fermenting hot sauces. There was a mention earlier of, you know, whether vinegar was a, a taste people enjoyed. Um, I, I find uh, home fermenting is super easy, and it's a great way to get acid in and round out the flavors of the, the hot sauces. Mm, so interesting. Uh, Luke, uh, how do you feel about fermented uh, hot sauces? Uh, I, I mean, that that sounds delicious to me. And I, I, and I was going to mention, you know, just as one of my local recommendations, it's not a fermented hot sauce per se, um, but it's a so hot sauce that's made up of various fermented ingredients. Mm. Um, and so I just want to shout out Ben's, which is this little Chinese restaurant in Jack London in Oakland. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. uh, that was very close to where I used to work at the East Bay Express. And they have this legendary black bean chili sauce that's made with salty fermented black beans, uh, dry chilies, sesame oil, preserved cabbage. I think that's also fermented. 
Um, and then I believe fresh sliced fresh jalapenos, and it is saucy, salty, spicy, um, utterly addicting. Um, and like the food at Ben's is is really good, but customers famously will order like rice plate or noodles really just as a vehicle for, <laughs> for, for the chili sauce, and, and you know just try to get as many little tubs of it as you can convince the owners to give you. Um, and they do this shrimp and egg over rice, which is basically like a like a wok fried omelet, and pair that with like six tubs of that chili sauce, <laughs> and it is like one of my top ten comfort foods like anywhere hands also, down. Also, it's in such an interesting place, like right by the produce market, and it's like it. That's definitely where they're bends. Uh, that's a great shout out uh, in in Oakland, and thank you, uh, thank you, Kevin, in, in Saratoga. Um, let's go to Ash in Pacifica. Welcome, Ash. Hey, um, I just want to mention, um, this is a great conversation, by the way, but I want to mention, um, the red sauce at Halal Guys. Mm. And, uh, it's, I don't even know what it's exactly made of. And, and it's kind of like weird because like Middle Eastern food is not particularly that spicy, like killer spicy, but you got to have it with that. They have a white sauce and a red sauce, and you just need a drop because it it will burn through you if you if you add like a ton of it. Um, first time I had it was in New York City, um, uh, those halal carts, and uh, you go out drinking and you eat it, and you have too much, and later on uh, <laughs> it's a big mistake. It's a big way. mistake. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The other one I just want to mention quickly: I'm South Asian, and there's a lot of like pickled. Uh, spicy pickles that we eat out of fruit, like achars. Maybe you can get some at, like, Vicks or something in the, in, uh, um, in Berkeley. But uh, that's one that's really good. Like, there's lots of vegetables pickled with uh, mustard oil, mustard seeds. There's even ones that are, like, the vegetable or the fruit that's used is, like, just green chilies. Mm. So there's, like, chili achar as well. Um, super spicy. But that's a really good one, too. I love that. Hey, thank you for that. Great shout-out for Vicks Chat House. Also... Um, an amazing institution there in uh, in Berkeley. Um, Ash, I also have uh, some bad answers for you on uh, Halal Guys Hot Sauce. Um, this is this is from their website. They're saying it registers a hundred thousand to one hundred and thirty thousand on the Scoville scale. And to put that into perspective, a jalapeno registers at three thousand to ten thousand, while Cholula or Sriracha top out at one thousand to three thousand. Um, Tim, do you do you use that Scoville heat units like in, in guiding people around or in picking the different hot sauces that you're looking for? Or because you're working at kind of a very local scale, people don't necessarily have that measurement? Yeah, I mean, some of the sauces have that written on their bottle. But uh, for the most part, I have tasted all of our sauces and I know which ones will kill you and which ones will just make your taste buds dance and, and be happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a recommendation? Peggy wants to know, um, what hot sauce does he recommend if they say they don't like vinegar? What are the ingredients and what's your opinion on using thickeners? So yeah, uh, oils are, are a good way to thicken sauces. Uh, they tend to emulsify, uh, ingredients. Um, my favorite sauce that we have, uh, it's made with puri puri peppers and bull kelp. Uh, it's made by Barnacle Foods uh, from Alaska, and the the kelp and the pepper, it is a vinegar-based sauce, but it's not overpowering at all. 
Uh, but it's it's such an interesting combination. You get the salty, briny, kind of umami flavor from the kelp. And then the little brightness from the vinegar and a splash of heat from the peri-peri pepper. And it's absolutely delicious. It's something that a friend gave us uh, for a Christmas present. And then I just had to find them and, and sell them at our shop. And it it's really delicious. The, the owners of the company are great people. And it's just nice carrying awesome sauces that that people don't really get around here here is a new one to me but maybe luke you have uh found this Ciamara writes best hot sauce ever is from bocas del toro in panama salsa bocatoreno is a habanero based sauce with just something extra Friends and I from the Bay have spent some special times there, and we always bring back lots of bottles of it to keep and share with those who didn't make the last trip. It is crazy delicious. Luke, question out of that for you. When you travel somewhere else, do you bring back a hot sauce from that place? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> With, without question. I think it's one of the best things about traveling. I haven't had that one, but it sounds amazing. Um, and the other thing I want to say just before we we wrap up is just listening to all these sort of global hot sauces that people are shouting out, especially locally. Um, I really think we are in kind of like a golden age of hot sauce and spicy food right now in the Bay Area. You know, I remember when I first started writing about restaurants, you know, maybe like five or 10 years ago, I would routinely hear from chefs who had just opened a restaurant in like, you know, Rockridge or North Berkeley, and they would tell me they had to water down their cooking so much because they had so many customers who would come in and just request a dish that had zero spice whatsoever. <laughs> like if a black peppercorn had come within like <laughs> six feet of it, they were gonna have to like speak to the manager about it, <laughs> you know? And I feel like, you know, some of that stuff still happens, but I feel like as so many of these cuisines have gotten popularized and more mainstream, especially in a place like the Bay Area, I just think yeah. people are really embracing the spice and they're embracing hot sauce. And you can just see it today from all the callers coming in. Like yeah. people are just ready for it. And Absolutely. I think it's a great time to be making hot sauce and selling <laughs> it. Um, and uh, yeah. Two last, two last hot sauces. Corey in San Francisco wants to shout out Soul Food um, up there in the North Bay. And Mike in Oakland wants to shout out Mule Sauce. We have been talking about hot sauces and all kinds of other hot things. Uh, with Luke Sai, food editor with KQED, Tim Harrod, co-owner of Wood Goods and Hot Sauce, Sarah Kernan, chef and former owner of Miss Ollie's. They've got a pop-up this Sunday. Just Google Sarah Kernan. Victor Escobedo, owner of Papalote, and Azalina Yusuf, owner of Azalina's. Thank you so much to everyone joining us, our guests and our callers and our commenters. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. 
We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.